Next on BYUSN, a Notre Dame player says Notre Dame has more talent than BYU. What does it mean? Does it even matter, Jerem? Marshall University says no. And will BYU football's older players have their own advantage against the Irish? Here we go. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, October 6th. Thanks for being here. I am Jerem Jordan Provo. He is Spencer Linton in Vegas, where yesterday you did, what, 30 interviews from the Orleans Arena at Women's Basketball Media Day? That's right. It was a light day, so we're going to up the ante today. I believe I have 36 interviews lined up uh, that will span roughly four and a half to five hours. And it's led off by the always vibrant, very, very outgoing personality of Santa Clara men's basketball head coach Herb Sendek. Should be a compelling Looking forward to that. And then he's going to... Yeah, yeah. He's going to be followed up by Mark Pope of BYU Basketball. So we're talking two ends of the spectrum to start off those 36 interviews today. Let's go. I'm going to miss the personalities of the WCC coaches, although we're excited to get to know the Big 12, which, by the way, is going to do a media blitz in New York City for men's hoops. So how about that? Uh, yeah, I think we need to uh, already put in our request to be there in New York City, part of that media blitz. Yeah, my turn. I'm going. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you know what? We're going to have a tandem uh, effort here to attack a loaded show today, Jerem, starting with Nate Mickle. He's kind of become our pseudo-Notre Dame insider because he's a former student at Notre Dame and former BYU football player. Does he have the secret to BYU beating the Irish? We'll ask him. Where will BYU men's basketball be picked to finish in the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll? We'll find out later today and give our projections Plus, Lauren Gustin of BYU Women's Hoops sits down with me one-on-one to discuss what she expects after following up a magical season. Another manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma has uh, arisen, Jerem. And how about a vigil for a beloved restaurant in Provo, Utah? But first, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Number 16, BYU football heads to Las Vegas tomorrow afternoon ahead of a matchup with Notre Dame for the ninth time. Senior receiver Gunnar Romney is ready. The first couple days after running around and just seeing how everything felt, everything felt good. There was, there was no lingering pain or lingering issues, and so I think everything's kind of out of my mind now. I think I'm playing confident and, and without any second thoughts about injury. Pre-game on BYU TV and BYU Radio begins Saturday at 5.30 Eastern time. Now for a Cougars in the NFL update, starting with this. Harvey Longy cut by the New England Patriots. Hopefully he finds a new home somewhere soon. And Bo Tanner, yes, that Bo Tanner was signed by the USFL's Pittsburgh Maulers. My favorite segment in the history of the show was in 2017 when we played Bo Tanner or Bo Tanner, meaning Bo Hodge, Tanner Mangum, or Bo Tanner. It was just spectacular. Women's soccer put up a season-high six goals in a shutout of San Francisco last night. Six different Cougars scored, including freshman Ali Fryer's game winner in the 31st minute. Mozingo at the far touch line. Plays it centrally for Fryer. Fryer, a shot, and a goal! Ali Fryer opens the scoring with a rocket from the right side of the 18. It buys the far netting, and the Cougs go on top 1-0. Other goals came from Brecken Mozingo, Ellie Mon, Jamie Shepard, Olivia Wade, and Aaron Bailey. The Cougars play at Pacific Saturday on the BYU Radio app.
On to BYU women's basketball. The preseason poll puts the Cougars finishing third in their final tour of the West Coast Conference. Lauren Gustin named to the All-WCC preseason team, as I mentioned. We'll talk with her later in the show. Last year, magically, you're 26-4. What does BYU do as a follow-up campaign? We'll talk about that coming up. Number 14 women's volleyball hosts Santa Clara tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. The Cougars are 11-3, 4-0 in league, led by WCC Defensive Player of the Week, Heather Knighting. BYU men's volleyball represented by Trent Moser. He scored five points in Team USA's under-21 Pan American uh, Championship performance. Three-set win over the Dominican Republic. They will face Chile today in their final game in pool play. Good luck to Trent. And coming off a Texas Ironman Championship, former Cougar runner Jocelyn McCauley is competing at the Ironman World Championship in Kailua, Kona, Hawaii today through Saturday. Best of luck to Jocelyn. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. So here we go. Talent Gap Convo. Is there a Twitter fan from Utah weighing in here? No? Okay, cool. Notre Dame running back Audric Estime said this yesterday during media availability. Well, they're a good team. They got a lot of good players, but I feel like their players are matched to players that we have. So if we just play our football, I feel like we should handle business. Okay, then. Uh, is Audric Estime wrong, and does it matter, Spencer? Uh, I'll answer the first part of that question and say, based on stars coming out of high school, we're talking like strict talent from high school to college, clearly Notre Dame has a recruiting advantage. Yeah, yeah, so there is, quote-unquote, better talent with more stars going to Notre Dame than what BYU is consistently picking up. But how have those players been developed? And are the Notre Dame coaches and the new staff under Marcus Freeman right now getting the most out of those big star talent high school players compared to a team like BYU? And we've talked about this before, Jerem. Like when we talk about a guy like Jaron Hall, Jaron Hall was um, two star, maybe a three star athlete coming out of high school. What what would he be right now if he were reassessed? If Four. he's a projected first-round NFL draft pick, he'd five, be, if he goes in the first round, doesn't that mean five stars? Yes. Like, so this is what we don't take into account is BYU's experience and how those players have progressed. Like BYU has a literal five-star in Kingsley Suamataia, but the way that they have developed their players has some guys, Blake Freeland, Jaron Hall, maybe those guys are five-star talent right now too. So... Yeah, Notre Dame coming out of high school, clearly they have more stars on their roster. But I just don't feel like it matters right now. And the immediate response from BYU fans overall on Twitter was, did it matter against Marshall when the Thundering Herd won exactly. South Bend? Like, I, I would say that Notre Dame is, then if they have all the talent, they are clearly underperforming. And BYU, as they have done so often in the past, they're overperforming based on those stars. So, no, I don't, I don't think it matters. I think these teams are very, very evenly matched. Um, and depth-wise, while the Irish have more stars, BYU, I feel, has more experience overall. And their players are old, Jerem, but we'll get to that in just a moment. Are you buying into the fact that this matters? Well, it, sometimes it does, but I don't think it does right now. So let, let, let me answer the question. I agree. Notre Dame is more talented than BYU as uh, quantified by recruiting rankings. Yes, that is a four-star school, okay? Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State are the only five-star schools that exist, okay? 
where you're getting way more of those guys. And you look at the recruiting rankings over the years. They're top 18 the last five. BYU fluctuates between the 50s and the 80s. Yes, Notre Dame's more talented. Does that mean you win the game? No. You have to use that talent in a way that wins you a game. That requires discipline. That requires great coaching. That requires great focus. Oh, by the way, development. I would argue that BYU develops its players better than Notre Dame. Zach Wilson from three-star to second pick, which is five-star, clearly. Maybe six-star if they uh, gave those out to the top five picks, right? Ziggy Ansah lives in Ghana, uh, top five pick in 2012. Tyler Algier, literally a walk-on, a no-star guy, two fifth-round guy, and now a guy who put up 100 yards in an NFL game last Saturday. Dax Milne. From nowhere to starter uh, at punt returning the NFL, and so on and so forth. You're looking at offensive line. You're looking at Fred Warner, who was a four-star. BYU gets four stars, just not at the same level that Notre Dame does. And you have to, you have to use it. Do you, would you rather win on the field or in recruiting? Typically, those are connected. The top five teams in recruiting typically are the ones that are competing for national championships. Notre Dame had the number one recruiting class last year or earlier this year. Marcus Freeman's going to do great things at Notre Dame, but so far it's not been great. At Ohio State, played tough, lost to the Buckeyes, respectable. Next week, losing to Marshall's pathetic at home. That is terrible. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. you barely beat Cal. They nearly, uh, you know, win the game at the very end with a Hail Mary. And then, uh, then you beat up North Carolina, whose defense isn't that good, but they still put up some points. So Notre Dame is good. I just don't think they're, like, Oregon good. I think Arkansas and Notre Dame, although not ranked, tremendous teams with a lot of talent. These are massive challenges for BYU. But BYU does a great job of development, typically of discipline, although we haven't seen that the last couple of weeks, especially defensively with offsides and personal fouls and whatnot. So this argument is a classic one, and to me, Audric Estime is being a little defensive of where Notre Dame is right now. I understand where he's coming from. They're 2-2. Two and two. They've got to show up they got to win this game. They don't want to have a uh, losing record and lose to BYU. They've always got a tough schedule. So I get why he says it. I just think he could phrase it a different way. I think if he just said, look, we've got to yeah. play better. We've got great talent on this team, and we expect to come out and win this game because we feel like we're a very good team. Like, you can say it a different way. Audric, this is not the play. because, And I know that we spend a lot of time talking about oh, locker room material. You better believe that BYU players are seeing this and hearing this, and it does impact them. Like, I, it, I happen to know for a fact, having talked to a few of the players after it came out last night, that this bothers them, and BYU's ready to show Notre Dame that they're going to come and play, and we'll see about the talent gap and how the talent has been developed. It bothers BYU. So this is not – this is not – a smart play by Audric to, to come out and say that. I'm with you. Phrase it differently. Do not say straight up, well, they're players. They're not on our level. So if we just do our thing, we'll handle our business. This is not the play. Like, BYU was a little bit emotionally down after the Utah State and Wyoming wins because they didn't play well. Uh, they're going to have juice already because of what's going to happen in the setting in the Legion Stadium, and it's Notre Dame and uniforms. Now you've just ramped up BYU a little bit more. So I think that uh, in, in a small way was kind of a foolish way to say things. And, Jerem, let's have some fun with talking about player development and talent as it pertains to going to the supreme level of the National Football League, okay? Remind me, 
How many draft picks has BYU had in the last two seasons combined? Seven. Ah, uh, interesting, right? Uh, I'm looking at Notre Dame, 2021, two players drafted. 2022, four players drafted. I believe one of those in the supplemental draft. BYU has that had more get. NFL draft picks. More NFL draft picks then, yes, Notre Dame, with all those four- and five-star recruits and top-20 recruiting classes overall, Jeremiah, I'm just not buying into it as much as some other people do. Stars matter. I agree with you. Like, you, you would think that there's a much better chance of having a high-star recruit develop into an incredible potential NFL player. Yeah, like, it, it's going to favor those teams. That's why Ohio State and Alabama and Georgia and Clemson are so good because they're consistently getting those guys, and, but they get a bunch of them, and then they're able to develop those already really good players. While BYU doesn't get as many, the coaching staff deserves some great credit, the players themselves, their mentality, because BYU's putting just as much NFL talent into the game as Notre Dame is over the last two and three years. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they're more talented coming out of high school, but does it really matter? I don't think so. And BYU's about to have three quarterbacks in the NFL next year. Taysom Hill, of course, a hybrid, so you could argue two and a half. I mean, at the most important position, if Jaron Hall's a starter next year, it's pretty interesting that you'd have, like, two and a half dudes uh, at the most important position position there and ultimately you decided on the field like if Notre Dame's better they're going to win the game Saturday if BYU is better they're going to win the game Saturday and that is that is why we love sports because you compete and you walk away with the winner and that's why tying in soccer is the worst <laughs> hey Jerem we're not done yet with Notre Dame commentary and Marcus Freeman didn't go there the head coach saying that BYU had a bunch of old players but you know what Notre Dame had at least one person do it listen to this yeah, you know, they got, uh, you know, the experience off the offensive line. Um, they got guys coming back. Um, I think they're, like, all 25 or 26 years old. They're all 25 or 26? Uh, th <laughs> That's defensive lineman Riley Mills for the Fighting Irish. They're all 25 and 26 years old. Jerem, um, one, are you surprised by this? And does it, does it really matter <laughs> that the players are older? No, if it was uh, an advantage, every school would do it. Blah, blah, blah. Preaching to the choir here. They're not all 25 or 26. Kingsley Suomataia is what? Is he 20? Like, uh, this is according to Notre Dame what the O-line age is. Blake Freeland's 37. Clark Barrington's 47. Connor Pace, 30. Karis Lachance, 39. Kingsley Suomataia, 29. Like, I think Clark Barrington might be 24. Like, I legitimately, Harris Lachance, maybe. I don't think any of those guys are 25. <laughs> yeah, you go on uh, two None years, you them. pay, you pay your own way, you don't pick where you go. Like, that's not, you don't sit there and play football at all. Like, you work, like, 80 hours a week. Yeah, it's great. No, it's a sacrifice. It's hard, as we, as we know. We went on missions ourselves, Brazil and South Korea. Uh, like, yeah, it, I, I, I'm not surprised when this comes up because, obviously, BYU is an anomaly. You know what we don't make a big deal of? Like, Santa Clara tonight... They have a player who is Israeli who served for two years in the military. I'm going to talk about how cool that is that she did that, and how she probably didn't develop a ton as a volleyball player during that time. But she served her obligation to her country, and that's cool. I'm not going to see it as any advantage for her to be a better player against BYU tonight. <laughs> yeah, it does not. 
Okay, maybe some maturity. Okay, yeah, you go on a mission, you learn some hard lessons, you go through adversity, and you develop. You you, you mature, get a worm, for sure. Like <laughs> you and I. Yeah. Like <laughs> sometimes crap happens. You come back physically way worse. You know what we don't talk about is how many BYU football players that go on missions and come back and never fully develop because of you know. Injuries they sustained or, like, nutrition problems they went through. Like, that happens too, right? So the idea that because you are older, all of a sudden you are better is just – it's such a lazy, lazy take. And I don't – I don't understand. Exactly. Exactly. You can't have both. You can't have both. Like, well, their players are good. Their players are good, but we got better players, so – you know, we do our thing. We should just handle our business. Oh, but they've got older players, so that's the great equalizer. It really helped in Eugene. B- it oh, really helped BYU and Eugene. It's just come on. I'm, I'm it's tired. It's just of this a bunch. It's malarkey, Jerem. It's it's malarkey, my friend. I'm so tired of the conversation, and I love what Mark Durant put out yesterday when he saw, <laughs> he sent out a gif of old men just like. After, it says BYU after the Notre Dame game, like these old guys, like <laughs> high fiving these young people. Hey, young four stars and five stars. <laughs> yeah, we got the maturity factor. We got you. We got insurance. We got life insurance and maturity. If BYU wins Saturday, let's be like, dude, it's because they all went on missions. That's why. And if they, they lose, we'll be like, it's because they all went man. on missions. Either way. Come on now. <laughs> Our question of the day, which bothers you more as a BYU fan? Comments on talent gap or comments on age? Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. At air underscore Gordon12 on Twitter. Comments on age because they're looking for an excuse should we beat them. If we win, they can just say, well, it's because yeah. they're older and more experienced. Really, we're better coached and execute better than your team. It's a major cop-out excuse for them. I think that's a uh, well-cogitated response, Spence. Absolutely. And guess what? We all know Notre Dame is a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Irish are supposed to win. So if they lose, are they going to go to the well of, well, their older players got the best of us. I just, it's, un, it's unbelievable. It's where beer I'm, I'm glad time. they did it because it gave, us, it gave us something to talk about today, and I am always grateful for that. Uh, we'll have plenty to talk about during the BYU Sports Nation Fan Fest, Las Vegas, Friday night. Join myself and Riley Nelson live from Craig Ranch Regional Park in Vegas as the Cougars prepare to take on Notre Dame. Tune in tomorrow, 9 Eastern, BYU TV and BYU Radio. Friday night fun before the big game on Saturday. Coming up, Nate Mickles back to break down BYU and Notre Dame. Two schools he knows all too well. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Notre Dame coming up Saturday at Allegiant Stadium on NBC and BYU Radio, of course, pregame on BYU TV as well. I'm Jeremy Jordan in Studio B. Much more coming up from Spencer Linton in Las Vegas in a moment. But first, let's bring in Nate Mickle from Lawrence, Kansas. As promised, Notre Dame postdoctoral researcher, former Cougar player and broadcaster, who is an assistant professor of management at Kansas, podcaster with Mickles and Dimes. Nate, what's up? We had you on a couple weeks ago. Now we're talking Notre Dame. We brought you back, bro. 
Yeah, you, you came through on that promise, and, and I'm so excited. Uh, one, to talk BYU-Notre Dame t- uh, today, and then two, to fly out early Saturday morning to go watch that game in person. So can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, that's one of the greatest venues that exists in sports uh, right now, which is pretty cool. So you'll, you'll enjoy Allegiant Stadium. Okay, let's talk about what Spencer and I were just talking about, which was comments yesterday from Notre Dame. Not unpredictable or unprecedented uh, in two comments, one about a talent gap and another about age. Uh, which one is more annoying when you hear it as a former player and broadcaster? <laughs> Um, well, the talent gap one is always kind of funny. Um, it, it reminded me right when I heard that comment, it, it reminded me of 2006 when we were playing Oregon and it was coach Bilotti that said, you know, BYU, they're, you know, middle of the middle of the pack 10 conference in terms of talent. And we're like, okay, well, let, well, let's, let's find out. Right. Let's see. And, and so you know, you, we win 38-8, and, of course, the reporters did a good job and said, well, has your opinion changed? And, and what did he say? Do you remember, Jerem? I don't <laughs> remember. Said, we didn't want to be there. So I don't know. You no, know, he said, I stand by what I say. I think they're still <laughs> in the middle of the road. So and you're the like, worst Pac-10 team then. Come on. <laughs> All right, exactly. Um, you know, it's always funny. It, it's it's so many of these guys. There's, there's this whole, you know, the, the recruiting world where people just care so much about stars, it's really easy for that to influence your thinking on everything. So yeah, if 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 you just look at recruiting stars and that's your metric for who has the best talent, then you say, well, yeah, Notre Dame has the, they have the most four and five stars, so they have the best talent, but that's not accurate. Now it, it's one measure, sure. But another way to do that is, well, let's go position by position. And you can say, well, what's the most pos- important position on the field? By far, the quarterback. Okay, who wins that battle? Well, BYU for sure. Uh, I'm taking Jaron Hall over Drew Pine all day, every day. And the stats back that up. So then we go to the, probably the next kind of most important positions, the lines, right? Offensive line. Uh, that's pretty – I mean, BYU's got a pretty dang good offensive line right now. Uh, Notre Dame does as well, but they really kind of struggled early on. You might give that edge to Notre Dame. You might give it to BYU. That's that's a tough one. So maybe we go D-line. Okay, Notre Dame's strength of their team is D-line. They've got a, a first-round guy, Isaiah Foskey, to, that's just a total stud. He's approaching Justin Tuck's all-time sack record at Notre Dame. Uh, so you probably give the edge to the Notre Dame D-line or the BYU D-line. Linebackers, I think they're pretty close. Uh, secondary, I would say you're pretty close. BYU's got some studs. Uh, Notre Dame has an All-American safety that transferred from Northwestern, uh, Joseph. He's a really good player, gets out of control sometimes and misses some tackles, gets out of position. Uh, if we want to go receivers, so this is really interesting about Notre Dame, <clears throat> they've lost like five or six scholarship receivers in the last three years yeah. to transferring out. And it has completely decimated their receiving core. They're basically left with one guy who's a good player. Uh, his name is Lorenzo Styles, number four. He's a good wide receiver. He would play and he'd contribute at BYU. No other wide receiver for Notre Dame would would play at BYU. They would they would not see the field. Uh, so I think, you know, wide receiver, BYU definitely has the edge. Running back, Probably give the edge to Notre Dame. They do have three really good uh, running backs that are going to be difficult to stop. Uh, tight end, Notre Dame has one of the best in the country, if not the best. BYU's got some NFL tight ends. So, I mean, that was a real quick analysis, a little more detailed than just the star analysis. 
But you can see this game is, you know, I expect this game to be pretty close based on that analysis. And that's interesting because, yes, if the only thing we really do to quantify talent is the stars, but we really don't follow up on that conversation while they're in college. And then I would argue, Nate, and I did in, in the opening segment, that BYU develops his players as good or better yeah. than almost anyone in the country, producing Zach Wilson from three-star to second pick, Dax Milne from uh, you know, walk-on to draft pick to starting punt returner and receiver in the NFL, Tyler Algier from no stars to starter now with Atlanta due to an injury and a 100-yard guy last week. BYU's ability to develop, to coach well, to scheme well, that's at the highest level in college football, I would say. Yeah, I think so. And if you look at Notre Dame's receivers, so they still have a bunch of scholarship guys left on the team. And they're all four-star guys, but they're not that good. And they have not been developed. And and so, like, what good does a four-star do you if you can't catch very well and you can't get open and you run your bat routes out of bounds and you get pushed out easily and you don't attack the ball? You know, all of these things are what really win games. And, you know, it, it just reminds me a little bit of, you know, some people, they just their their career is everything to them right it's like you know you hear about these kind of neighborhoods in on the coast or new york or uh wherever san francisco where it's all about going to the premier private schools so you can get into the you can get into the harvard or the yale and of course those are great schools and great private schools but it it just becomes like the focus like it, for some people it's just all about that status of the school you go to and then the you know the career you get and that's a little bit like the star system. Some people just get so hung up on the star system and forget that there's more to winning football games and playing than just that star rating you got from a, a service from uh, a time you were in high school, you know? Uh, this just in, by the way, Notre Dame defensive lineman Jacob Lacey has left the program and tends to uh, enter the transfer portal. He had two sacks against Cal. So more to your point about some of that uh, talent leaving. Okay, let's, let's talk about this matchup as well. Can Jaron Hall beat Notre Dame? Because if BYU can run, and Notre Dame has allowed some yards uh, in some games this year, obviously lost to Marshall, Cal almost got him. UNC uh, scored some points there but gave up a bunch. If BYU can't run the ball, and that's been a struggle the last couple of games at certain t- points, especially in the second quarter, can Jaron Hall throw BYU to win this game? I, I mean, ideally you do both, but I think that my short answer is, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can win the game without ha- without running on Notre Dame. Uh, they're linebackers, like I said, they're good. They're not great. And and I say this, I've literally watched uh, basically every Notre Dame football game for the last four years now. So I have a pretty good sense of like who their team is and, and they have good uh, linebackers. They're not great in coverage. They're secondary. They'll be starting uh, true freshman Benjamin Morrison at corner. Now he's a good player. Obviously, you don't you don't start as a true freshman at corner unless you are. But ideally, you're not starting a true freshman anywhere because you've got veterans ahead of them. So uh, they've got, like I said, the All American safety Brandon Joseph. Uh, he flies around. He's a good player, but he gets out of position. They've got uh, their who came coming into the season. They had what they thought was a lockdown corner number five Cam Hart. And in basically every game this season, he's given up a huge touchdown uh, by uh, taking bad angles and being out of position. Jaron Hall is one of the best, most accurate quarterbacks in college football. Uh, you know, I just think back to that Oregon game and uh, his stat line was awesome for playing, you know, for the the score turning out the way it was. Most of us would have been pretty happy with taking Jaron's stat line after the game. So uh 
And now obviously BYU, if they are balanced, that's going to help them. It's going to be tough to run against the defense. Like I said, uh, they've got that DN who is just, uh, he's incredible. Uh, he's looking at beating the all-time sack record. They've got this guy, Justin Adamalola, who's is really underrated, also probably an NFL guy. Um, but the linebackers aren't great. They've got a, a guy that uh, Maris Leofau, who's a freak, but he's out of position all the time. Uh, so they they might be able to BYU. I expect to be able to find some gaps there in the run defense. Uh, but BYU's got good receivers and tight ends, and I think Jaron could uh, Jaron could win this game for them just through the air. And J.D. Bertrand's uh, second half targeting appeal was denied, so he is out for the first half of this game. Gabe Judy Lally for the second game in a row, right? right? I mean, this is what poor JD. This has happened two games in a row now where he's had a targeting penalty. And yeah, he's the leading tackler and he's out. If he gets a third one, it's a one game suspension. By the way, BYU's Gabe Judy Lally, that appeal was accepted. So he is available in the first half of this game. Okay, where where does BYU have an advantage besides Jaron Hall in this matchup? And how does BYU win this game? Yeah, so uh, receivers, I think they can throw the ball. I think that the receivers can make plays. Like I said, the the, no, the BYU receivers are better than the Notre Dame receivers. The Notre Dame secondary is good. Notre Dame's defense has been their calling card for a long time now, and even more so than I realized. Going back to Manti Teo, a few years ago, they also had an, another LDS kid uh, that was a safety for him, Al- Alohi Gilman, who's a stud. Um <clears throat> If if the offensive line can hold their own against the Notre Dame defensive line, then I think BYU has a good chance. This defensive line, they're 12th in the country in sacks. Foskey is the guy that is just so disruptive that's getting close to setting the all-time sack record. But if if the offensive line, BYU's, which has is, you know, full of NFL talent as well, can win that battle then BYU is going to have a real good chance of winning this Notre Dame team. You know, who are you going to get? Are you going to get the, the Marshall, the team that lost to Marshall or, or the team that beat North Carolina? Unfortunately, I will say that the unfortunate thing for BYU is one of the reasons Notre Dame has made big strides is because they got their offensive line coach back in 2017. They had the best offensive line in the country. And then their old line coach left for the bears. And the old line has gotten progressively worse every year since then. Uh, but Marcus Freeman just hired him back this year, and they are improving as the season goes on. Uh, so, the other I will say the other advantage I think Notre Dame has is in the secondary. You know, I don't expect Notre Dame receivers to do much. It's it's all going to come down offensively for Notre Dame. It's just about whether they can run the ball with their three running backs and their their stud tight end. But if you can limit the backs and limit the tight end, Notre Dame's going to have a real difficult time throwing the ball downfield. Michael Mayer, honestly. He might be the best player the BYU plays all year at any position. Like, he is, he is tremendous at tight end. Perhaps the first guy off the board. When it's third down and, and six, and Mayer's clearly going to be the number one target, how does BYU defend him? Yeah, so, I, I mean, he is phenomenal. At, at 265 pounds, he's the best route-running tight end I've ever seen in college. I mean, what will happen is uh, he'll, he'll catch a little five-yard out, ten-yard out, and you won't think anything of it. And then you'll watch the replay – and you'll say, wow, that was a really good route. And teams are doubling him, and and he's still making plays. Um, but he, he's going he's gonna to make a few catches. He's, he's already set Notre Dame records for um, most catches, yards, and touchdowns in a season. He did that last year. So he's going to make some plays. He's going to have five to ten catches. But 
it's it's not like he's catching the ball for 60, 70, 80 yards in a single play, you know, like he'll pick up some key first downs. So if if I'm BYU, like I'm going to limit those. We're going to, we're going to double him knowing that the receivers are going to have a real hard time beating us. So yeah, we'll double him and then just try to control their three backs. They've got Chris Tyree, real fast guy. One of the fastest guys in college football. He's little, uh, they've got a bowling ball estimate. And then they got another guy digs. That's good all around, but keep, you know, keep Michael Mayer to five to seven catches. He picks up a couple first downs, fine. Limit the running backs a little bit, and you got a real good chance to hold Notre Dame to 14, 17 points, and you go win the game. BYU's not giving it away. Notre Dame's not taking it away. That'll be an interesting thing yeah. to watch as well. Well, Nate, we appreciate the time. Thanks for the insight. And enjoy college game day in Lawrence, bro, for undefeated and ranked Kansas. Oh, uh- I know there's so much energy here in town. I went to a game last year. There were like 5,000 people. And uh, this week they've already sold it out. Third straight sellout, 47,000 people. So much excitement. Jalen Daniels is the real deal. I'll be in Vegas. Now, obviously I wouldn't trade Vegas for, you know, college game day. I am bummed. I'm going to miss it. It's going to be tough to beat TCU this week. Uh, They're pretty dang good. They beat Oklahoma by 31. But yeah, tons, tons of energy here in Lawrence this week. Nate, we appreciate the time. Enjoy Vegas, man. Hey, great. Thanks, Jeremy. Catch Nate Mickle on Mickles and Dimes, his podcast. Had Bronco Mendenhall on recently, so there you go. Okay, coming up Saturday, 5.30 Eastern time, BYU Sports Nation game day live from Provo and Vegas. Dave, Blaine, David, Brian here in Provo, Spencer in Vegas. They'll get you ready for the big-time matchup with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Coming up, where do we think the BYU men's basketball team will be ranked in the preseason poll coming out today. Will it be third? We'll talk about it in Cougar Whip Round next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This is BYU Sports Station to interact with the show and get great content throughout your day. Follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Oh, there's the helmet the Cougars will be donning on Saturday. This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm Jerem Jordan in Provo. You're Spencer Linton in Vegas. Let's whip it! Google Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. All right, Jerem, where will BYU men's basketball be picked to finish when the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll is revealed later today, and will they have any all WCC players? I'm guessing that BYU is going to come in fourth in the preseason poll. I'm not sure the coaches in the league know what BYU has, right? Obviously an injury to Trevin Nellis, the storyline. Um, yeah, I think I think they're gonna go Gonzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, top three. And then I think uh, there's not going to be any Cougars in the preseason poll, which will be a bit of a surprise in the new deal. I've got BYU finishing third just because San Francisco has a coaching change. Todd Golden's gone. They lost some players. So I still think BYU gets picked to finish third. And Fusini Traore is probably the only who should be in it. You're right. preseason team member for BYU. Yeah, you're right. should probably be in it. He'll be in it. He'll be in it for sure. BYU soccer beat up San Francisco 6-0 last night. Was that a turning point game for the two? I feel like it was. Six goals. We've been waiting for this breakout performance for a long time. Uh, so much for all those ties. I mean, they finally pulled the lid off the goal. Six goals, and Brecken Mazingo rocking the BYUSN Karma, Jerem. Score from outside the 18 again. So now she's got six of her seven goals from outside the 18. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, that was nice to see. But no Rachel McCarthy, no Bell Felino on the scoring sheet. That was a little bummer. Uh, BYU certainly wants more from them there. And uh, we'll see how much PT they get because BYU is seeking goals and wins. And if you don't score, it's tough to put you in certain spots there. Those are quality players, but they haven't played up to speed quite yet. So we'll see what happens there. On to Major League Baseball, and I know you feel strongly about this. If the Mariners play the Toronto Blue Jays in Game 2 Saturday, and it happens to be at the same time BYU is playing Notre Dame in Las Vegas, which one of those games will be on your TV, Jerem, and which one will be on your phone or tablet or other streaming device? Now I have two TVs in the basement. One is 75-inch, that'll be BYU-Notre Dame, and the 47-inch would be the Mariners. So I think I'm going to be just fine in that regard. Okay, Fesitake weighs in on who did the gritty best with the following. Number one, gritty ranking, Zach Wilson. Number two, Spencer Linton. Number three, anyone and everyone. Dead last, Keanu Hill. Enough bringing up the gritty, please. His last celebration was the best. Did you see it? He celebrated with his teammates. It was really cool. Spencer, how do you feel about being second on this list? Oh, I feel good, Jerem. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, let's go, the gritty. No, I'll take number two behind Zach Wilson. Well played by Fessy to uh, throw Keanu way at the bottom of the list, even though Keanu's was probably the best of everyone. It was pretty good, right, as we discussed, which he quote-tweeted yeah. our discussion yeah. about it. So uh, Fessy doesn't want us to talk anymore about the gritty, but here we are talking about Fessy talking about the gritty. <laughs> oh, great stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and have BYU women's volleyball just gritty on their way to a victory today. It's the number 14 team in the country when they take on Santa Clara. You can watch the match 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app with Jerem Jordan and Amy Gann on the call. Hey, pink out game, breast cancer awareness tonight. Certainly personal for Heather Olmstead, whose father Rick has breast cancer. Okay, coming up, Spencer's one-on-one with women's hoop star Lauren Gustin from WCC Media Day. How different is this year's team from last year? This is BYU Sports Nation from Vegas and Provo. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. We are live, of course, in Provo, Utah, and with me here at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. As part of the 30 interviews that I conducted yesterday, 36 more to go today, I had the chance to speak with BYU star forward Lauren Gustin of the women's hoops team about the Cougars being picked to finish third, how they use that as motivation, and how she thinks the team will be the most different this year compared to last year, one-on-one with Lauren Gustin. Lauren, you were named to the All-West Coast Conference preseason team. BYU picked to finish third as a team. Let's start with the team projection first. How do you handle preseason projections when you see BYU pick mm-hmm. to finish third, whereas in years past it's been typically the Cougars on the top or in second place? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we just heard about it today, um, and it was really motivating. I think um, it's going to you know, give us a lot. It's gonna, for me personally, it's, it's very motivating. Like I want to see that every single day, kind of see what they expect of us. You know, I think it will be fun to prove them wrong. Um, just gives us a little extra... Uh, you know, anger in practice or just anything in general. Um, so, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's disappointing, but at the same time, I think it's good for us to see that to give us um, even more motivation. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not upset about it, but because I'm, I'm excited about it. So, 
you're already a very intense, and, and I'm not going to use the word angry, mm -hmm. okay? But you're already a very intense, <laughs> yeah. motivated player. Did you need any more um, <laughs> intensity there? Uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, I feel like I, pl I do feel, I feel like I play better when I'm a little angry, honestly. Mm. Um, and sometimes it's hard to get me riled up. So that's, I think that's just perfect to put me on the edge a little bit. So. Okay, this is good. Uh -huh. uh, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to figure out ideas of how I can rile you up yeah. to, get, to get you even more anger for yeah. the games. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have anything else, let me know. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let you know some key phrases before each of the games. Um, Lauren, as, as you prepare for uh, a new head coach and mm -hmm. um, the first year under Amber Whiting, I keep hearing new energy, new energy mm -hmm. from a lot of the team. What does that mean? What, does, what is this new energy about? Mm -hmm. um, there's definitely a big intensity. Um, I mean, I've felt difference so far. Um, definitely new energy, you know, new perspectives on things, um, new way of coaching, new way of, you know, practices. Really, everything is just kind of new, um, which has been really good for us as a team to kind of, um, you know, have a, have a change of routine. Um, so it's been it's been a great new energy a lot of um a lot of you know new players too mm -hmm. you know af, as far as our team so everything's kind of a new look new you know offense new defense type of deal so it's it's been it's been a lot of fun it's, we all have to be really engaged um just you know learning new stuff every single day so yeah it's it'll be yeah she, she's great the intensity she brings is, is is crazy so it's it's awesome how will byu women's basketball be both different mm -hmm. and the same? Yeah, um, I think we'll be the same as, you know, we want to win. Um, you know, we're, we're going to win. We're going to uh, put our name out there. So I think that's going to be the same. Um, we're also different with, you know, we're going to have different different key players this year. Um, you know, we, lot of loss, we'd lot, we lost a lot of players last year, obviously, you know, lost our coach. But uh, so we'll be different as far as, you know, maybe the way we play and obviously who's playing. and. Um, our coach and everything, but we're going to bring the same, um, you know, energy, and we're going to we're going to win. So okay, <laughs> yeah. we're going to win. We're going to win. It's all like I need. It's all I need here. We're going to win. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'd fear for myself if I disagreed with you. Um, <clears throat> let's let's kind of explore the dynamic of, mm -hmm. of different schemes and whatnot. Yeah. Um, BYU has been a team that has been so balanced and very very effective on offense. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that you haven't played, you know, great defense well, because yeah. there have been, you know, uh, spurts of that as well in the past. But, like, from from a schematic standpoint, how will BYU look different on the court? Mm -hmm. um, well, we lost a lot of great players, um, so uh, it's going to provide opportunities for the other girls and all of us to step up and fill in those minutes and those points. Um, so that's going to be probably the biggest difference. You know, it's just different. We're going to have to work. You know, different ways to you know provide what we missed. Um, so that'll probably be the biggest difference. Uh, defense, I feel like we're really emphasizing this year too. You know, um, we try to every year, but I feel like that's one thing that you know coach wants. You know, teaches and emphasizes our defense. So we're definitely will bring a good defensive um, energy too. How have you changed as mm -hmm. a player over this past off season, mm -hmm. and and where have you sought to improve the most? Yeah. Um, I feel like this year, you know, I'll definitely, I feel like I need to be more, like, well-rounded, I guess, like, kind of bring more than just, like, you know, maybe rebounds or um, that, like, aggressiveness. So I've had to kind of learn to um, be more aggressive on offense, you know, because I'll have to, you know, provide more in that part of my game. 
Um, also, just be able to defend the perimeter better, you know, be more of a four, um, and also, you know, be five, but, but be more comfortable out there on the perimeter, so. What's better, getting a big rebound <laughs> or scoring? Um, I mean, I love my rebounding. I think, I think <laughs> it's so fun to, you know, especially, like, if I am, like, smaller than the five, I think it's just fun to kind of, you know, just go down there and just be aggressive. Um, obviously, scoring's fun. I love scoring, but rebounding, that's got my heart, I feel mm. like, so. Fair enough. I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah. by that. Uh, we mentioned a few times the loss of some key players. Shaley mm -hmm. transfers, uh, Paisley graduates, and Sarah's imposing presence is no longer there. Yeah. So how has all that changed your, your specific leadership role on this mm -hmm. team? Um, yeah, we lost a lot of great leaders. You know, I look up to, to all of them. They were all great girls to look up to, you know, fun to play with. Um, but the team that we have now is, you know, we're, we're going to do a lot of great things. But as far as my leadership, um, I feel like I've had to step up a lot, you know, um, especially being a, re a turning starter, uh, just kind of, you know, bring, bring a leadership and discipline to the team and kind of um, just try to be more of like a confident player for them so that they can find confidence in themselves as well because I know it's with like Paisley and you know all of them like they were confident leaders so it you know made us play confident sure. as well so just trying to fill in those shoes but obviously it's a big role so are you leading the strength and conditioning program as well uh no <laughs> Steven Steven gets us good I'll give a shout out to Steven yes, for he that does. he makes yes, sure he does. we get our protein in too so <laughs> Uh, that, that's such a big part of who you are, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's to your credit. It's incredibly motivating, you mm -hmm. know, for so many people, and I'm sure for your teammates as well. Where does that innate desire come from? Mm -hmm. does, does this work so hard in the gym? <laughs> um, I think I love it because it's something that I can control, I feel like. Um, you know, when you're out on the court, you can't always control, you know, if you're going to score, if you're going to get, re you know, I mean, you can control your efforts, obviously, but as far as the gym, it's like something that, I can control is like you know how hard I'm gonna go or like what way I'm gonna try to put up you know it's more just like this like little little environment where I feel like I can just like I don't have pressure or like any I can just you know it's just me and me in there you know just me versus myself mm -hmm. it's a little cheesy but I feel like I'm not like so in my head it's just a way I can just go just work hard and feel good and not feel like I'm you know, have to put up a certain amount of stats or a certain way, you know, to make myself like feel proud kind of. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, no, it's always just been a safe space for me, so. Is there any competition element there with your brother Porter? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I, I feel like the, the parents definitely love him, so I feel like, you know, it's like, but no, he, um, no, he's, he's really humble and always has been, always motivating for me, obviously, but, um, no, he's always been great to, to work with or, you know, try to work to be um, like like him more. So mm -hmm. he's just more of a, you know, always a motivator, never competition. <laughs> he, of course, is with the Miami Dolphins. So by mm -hmm. nature, are you a Dolphins fan this year? Yep, I am. So it's, uh, I mean, they're having a great year so far. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, Florida's beautiful, so I can't complain. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for the record, she never skips leg day. That's, a, <laughs> that's for Jason Shepard, okay? One of our colleagues is a big gym guy. He... Always skips. Leg Always skips. You never skip. He's leg one day. of those normal ones. Huh? They, just, they love the upper body. <laughs> Lauren, uh, thanks for the time. Mm -hmm. We're looking forward to a great season. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. You got so. it. Our thanks to Lauren Gustin, BYU women's basketball star, and a reminder to join our radio brethren: Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and Cleon Wall. 
as they get you ready for BYU and Notre Dame with complete coverage beginning at 5.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, not to mention extensive post-game coverage only on BYU Radio. And a rise and shout-out coming up next to the Provo Gathering for a remodel you didn't know or cared that was going to happen. <laughs> this is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation On Demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And please, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, which bothers you more as a BYU fan, comments on talent gap or comments on age? Uh, our Elite Voice of the Day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Jared Chase on Facebook. Comments on age for sure. Let's move on already. It's not like lifting the scriptures or getting their arms ready for football. Spiritually, though, they are jacked. Agreed. Today's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Rancheritos in Provo, just west of campus, is getting a remodel. <laughs> Originally, it was thought that it was going away. So some students, we think BYU students, organized a rally where they acted like it was a funeral. <laughs> Jackson Payne of the, the universe on campus, can't wait to tell my kids about the Rancheritos funeral. <laughs> they were singing, they had a violin, they had a program, signs. This was quite the event last night, Spence. Oh, Rancheritos, oh, how we'll miss you. I love the Is there a recorder so in there? Much, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight Schrute playing the recorder? I mean, that was, that was pretty awesome, man. A Mountain West Conference swimming and diving trophy somehow found its way to Rancheritos last night. What is that? Our thanks to today's guests, so, Nate Mickle so and Lauren good. Gustin. Oh, the conversation continues 24-7 on all the social media platforms. Go to BYUSN.com for more. Sorry to Dennis. We ran out of time for Spencer. I'm Jeremy. Shout out to Justin Robinson. <laughs> We'll see you tonight for women's volleyball against Santa Clara at 9 Eastern time. And more coming up from Vegas tomorrow. Spence, good luck on your 36 interviews today. Go Cougs! Thanks, bro! You know that feeling? 